Uh, let me start with a question for you this morning. How many of you like social media? Oh, you like, even the ones that like it won't even raise their hand that much. All right, how many of you like social media? We're not going to judge you. No ju- Oh, look at all you bad people. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, how many of you are on social media? There's a lot of you on it that don't like it. You need to deal with some issues there. Um, how many of you hate it? All right, a few of you and a few of you raised your hand that you're on it anyways. I don't know what's going on there. There's some issues there. But social media, whether you like it or hate it, no matter what you feel about it, you have to at least admit it's a pretty powerful tool, a uh, pretty unusual tool that exists in our world um, that did not exist, obviously, not too long ago. And it allows for unique opportunities for things. Maybe that's the reason it's so powerful. Maybe that's the reason some of you raised your hand that you don't like it, but you're on it anyway, because you recognize that there is something there that is unique to it that we don't find other places. A couple things are, one thing is you get a peek into places and maybe people's lives that interest you that you wouldn't get to see otherwise. This week on the news, there was this video. Uh, If you follow Tom Brady's Instagram feed, he saw a bear while he was in Montana. And, uh, and somehow that made the news. Uh, but, uh, but if, you know, not for social media, it's only if I guess there's a news crew there or something, you know, you don't get to see that. And sometimes you, you want to see uh, insights into people's lives. It's a powerful tool. Someone could share and become their own news crew anywhere in the world where they are, right? And post it out to the world. But there's also other ways it's used. You're able to contact maybe and be in contact with people you otherwise wouldn't be able to were it not for social media. So many of you heard about uh, the uh, boys that are trapped uh, in the cave in Thailand. And I think one of them got out this morning and they're starting to remove the other ones out. But four? All right. From first service, we went from one to four. Four out. Praise the Lord for that. Mabs Mags, I don't know who at Mabs Mags is, um, but he reached out to Elon Musk to see if he could help with, uh, with these people. And that's not unique in itself, except that Elon Musk replied to whoever at Mabs Mags is uh, about helping out. And were it not for social media, you probably don't have these opportunities to, you know, one of the greatest maybe inventors and idea people of our age to just kind of get an audience with them and throw out an idea to them uh, and have them respond to you. You know, try getting a phone call through to, you know, one of the great leaders of industry in another day and age and you wouldn't be able to get through to them. And yet social media kind of opens the doors for that. And yet, as powerful as it is, it is interesting, the people we choose to follow, uh, these are the three highest ranking uh, people followed on Instagram and Twitter. Uh, maybe you recognize them, some of you follow them, um, maybe you don't, but, uh, but it is interesting with the tool as powerful as we have it, what we choose to do with it. And I want to talk actually about that word today, follow. I want to talk about that word follow. Uh, because maybe you look at those names that are up there and you think, what a waste of time. 
you know, and that's not you, uh, but, you know, you, you think, what a way, or even if it is you, you might think, why am I wasting my time, you know, and you think about it, maybe you're thinking about that, maybe you're not, but the truth is, whether you click follow on their Instagram feed or their Twitter feed or not, we all follow, we all follow people, we all follow people, it may not be someone on social media, but maybe it's an author, you read and you follow. Maybe someone alive, maybe someone dead. Maybe it's a professor you had in college or you have in school. Maybe it's a teacher you have in school. Maybe it's a particular uh, teaching that you uh, organize your life around. Maybe it's someone on TV that you really, you know, covet their advice and you follow them. A neighbor, a friend, a family member, someone that you respect. We all follow people. The question I want to ask you this morning is, how do you evaluate who you follow? When's the last time you have really evaluated who it is you're following? And are you following someone worth following? How do you even answer that question? So I want to look at that this morning. And and as a way to answer that question, I want to get into John chapter 10 this morning, the Gospel of John chapter 10. If you have a Bible, you can turn there. If you don't have one, you can grab one in one of the seats around you uh, and turn to John chapter 10. Or I'll also have the verses on the screen and you can uh, follow along there as well. In order to answer this question of who you follow and why you follow them and how to evaluate who we follow, I want to take our minds back in time I want to go away from celebrities that tweet and take you to sheep that bleat. Um, So we're going from celebrities that tweet to sheep that bleat. John chapter 10 in this passage, and these are the words of Jesus. I'm going to start with reading verses 1 through 5. Jesus says this, Truly, truly, I say to you, he who does not enter the sheepfold by the door but climbs in by another way That man is a thief and a robber. But he who enters by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. To him the gatekeeper opens. The sheep hear his voice, and he calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. When he has brought out all his own, he goes before them, and the sheep follow him, for they know his voice. A stranger they will not follow, but they flee from him, for they do not know the voice of strangers. Now, in our 21st century world in North America, we probably, where we live in the Boston area, maybe you do, I don't, have a lot of experience with farm animals, let alone sheep. Now, some of you I know, you may have chickens, but I don't know anyone in this church that has sheep. Maybe I'm missing someone, uh, but we don't have a lot of experience with sheep. So let me tell you about sheep, if you don't know about sheep. They are dumb, dependent animals that often get themselves into trouble, get lost, and can't care for themselves. And perhaps that's why God in his word continually makes the analogy between us and sheep. I'm not saying that. God did. Take that up with him if that upsets you. But God often calls us sheep. And sheep are dumb. And they get lost. And they get hurt. In fact, they will be walking along. They'll lay down on their side. And then on their side, they'll sometimes shift onto their back. And this is called a cast sheep. The problem with a cast sheep is it's a lot like a turtle on its back. It cannot flip itself over. It will die on its back 
if no one comes and flips the sheep over. So if you get nothing out of this message today, get this. If you drive home and you see a sheep upside down, please get out and turn them up the right side up. Sheep are dumb. They're dependent. But let me tell you, so let me tell you a little bit about what this scene Jesus is talking about here. If you're a shepherd and you're on your own land, you probably have a private pen, a pen that you keep your sheep in. Uh, and you, it's a low rock wall. In fact, some parts of New England, you can still see them. Uh, I know over in uh, Martha's Vineyard, so if you go over there where they um, had a lot of sheep at one point, the UK, they actually preserved some of the pens that they would have. And they would have low rock walls where you can see where people would keep their sheep. And, there's, uh, and that's basically what it was. Usually a low rock wall because sheep are dumb. They can't figure out how to get around the, or over this rock wall. And so it keeps them in. That's all you really need. And so you'd have that on your own land. But then you'd have to go to town sometimes. And sheep are dumb and dependent. So you can't leave the sheep behind if you're the shepherd. You got to take the flock with you. So you're going to town. You got to do some business in the marketplace. You got to go to town. You're taking your flock with you. Well, what do you do with your flock when you get to town? You very well can't walk into the marketplace and everyone's walking down the, you know, main street with their flock of sheep. So they had to come up with a solution. So they did. They came up with basically communal pens where you can valet your flock. You can come in and kind of valet park your flock of sheep. And you bring them in and you bring them to this communal pen. And, you know, the gatekeeper's there. And you're like, you know, I don't know, it gives you a tag like, or something. And, you know, here's bringing my sheep in. And, you know, here, bring your sheep into the pen. And they go in and they're all in the pen with all the other sheep in the pen. And then you go into town and you do whatever business you got to do and you come back. And now you've got to get your sheep home, out of the pen. Now there seems to be a problem, right? Because your sheep are mixed up with all the other sheep. And they didn't stay separate from each other. They don't have separate rooms. They don't have separate spaces. It's just all sheep in there. And if you or I would walk up there, we would think this is a mess because how are you going to sort this out? How are you going to make sure that one shepherd walks away with his own sheep and no one else's sheep? And how does the shepherd even get his sheep out of the pen? Because think about it. You take one sheep. All right, this is my sheep. I brought this sheep in. I'm taking this sheep out. You take him out. You put him out. And you know, I'm going to go back and get my other sheep. Well, what do you think this sheep did? He's not sitting around waiting for you. This guy wandered off because sheep are dumb and they get lost. And he wandered off. So by the time you come back with that second sheep, you've already lost your first sheep. So that's not going to work. So what did they do? Here's what happened. It actually wasn't that difficult. And actually, it's pretty cool. What they would do is the shepherd, as a shepherd, had a distinct call for his flock. Sometime it would be, sometimes it would be kind of a sing-song type thing he might do and fluctuation of his voice and the sheep would know that call. And so they would, when they heard that call, their heads would be up and they'd follow the shepherd. And uh, they all have a unique way. In this particular passage, Jesus says that this shepherd calls his sheep by name. And so sometimes shepherd would name their sheep and they might have nicknames for their sheep. So this shepherd walks into the pen and, uh, you know, he, he walks in and he starts calling his sheep by name. And I don't know what the nicknames were. You know, come on, short-eared and, and stumpy and, and, and stubborn you and whatever they are. And you're, you're pulling them out. And they respond to his voice. And by that, he takes out all of his sheep and only his sheep. And they come out when they hear the shepherd's voice. It's not really that unusual when you think about it. I remember when I was a kid, my dad had a very particular whistle that he would be able to whistle with his, with his mouth. And 
didn't matter where I was. You could be in the most public place possible. You could be, there could be hundreds of people around. And if I heard that whistle, you know, my head would go up and I'd look around because I knew my father was calling. And so it's not that, just think maybe you had a parent or someone who had a particular way of calling you that as soon as you heard it, you knew who it was that was calling you. So it was the same with the sheep. You didn't have to worry about taking someone else's sheep because they weren't going to respond to your voice. All of your sheep, they'd call them and they'd come out. Now here's what I want you to hear this morning from this passage. Jesus came down to this orbiting, rotating, blue and green sheep pen and he calls your name. And he calls your name. He came down to this earth and he's calling your name and he's calling you to himself. And the question this morning is, will you follow? But I want to answer this question is why you should follow. Because Jesus is calling your name and I think there's two really good reasons why you should follow him. If you're a Christian here today and you already are following Jesus, then this should affirm and remind you of why you've chosen to follow Jesus. And I want you to think about, are you listening to his voice? If you're in here this morning and you're not a Christian, you're not a follower of Jesus, but you're here listening and considering, then I'd ask that you would consider these two reasons of why you should follow the voice of Jesus as he calls your name. And the first reason is this, the quality of the shepherd. The first reason is the quality of the shepherd. So I want to pick up again in verse 6 as we're looking at this. Verse 6 about the quality of the shepherd. And here's what I'm going to read verses 6 through 13. It says, this figure of speech Jesus used with them, so this analogy of the shepherd and the sheep that he just used, says, this figure of speech Jesus used with them, but they did not understand what he was saying to them. So Jesus again said to them, truly, truly, I say to you, I am the door of the sheep. All who came before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep do not listen to them. I am the door. If anyone listen, enters by me, he will be saved and will go in and out and find pasture. The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. He who is a hired hand and not a shepherd, who does not own the sheep, sees the wolf coming and leaves the sheep and flees. And the wolf snatches them and scatters them. He flees because he is a hired hand and cares nothing for the sheep. The first reason that you should respond to the voice of Jesus is because the quality of the shepherd. He calls himself in this passage the good shepherd. Not a shepherd, not even a good shepherd, but the good shepherd shepherd. He qualifies it. He puts a quality about it. Now, what makes him a good shepherd? Well, in verses 10, 11, and 12, he provides a contrast. Verse 11, he calls himself the good shepherd. In verse 10, just before that, he provides a contrast to a good shepherd, and that's a thief. There are other people who deal with sheep, not just shepherds, and one of them's a thief. The thief is interested in sheep, not for the sake of the sheep. The thief is interested in sheep for his own purposes. 
He may care for the sheep for a little while, but only to keep them alive long enough to satisfy and indulge whatever interest he has. The thief is in, for, in it for himself. And there may be people that you might be following that are really not in it for you. They don't really care about you as a follower. They're really in it for themselves. They're really in it to get whatever they can get out of you. They want to use you. They need you for whatever ends they're trying to reach. I mean, this happens all the time if you want to talk about the social media world, right? I mean, it's, this is not the only world we're talking about, but it's true in that world. It, it provides such a vivid example because someone has to build a following in order to, to make it productive, to make it useful, to make it uh, make money. So they build a following, they get what they want, and they utilize that following for their own purposes. And it's not really necessarily about the followers as much as it is about their need for followers. And it's that way too sometimes in our spiritual lives. That you may give over your life to following someone who really doesn't have a care for you. But just cares about having followers. They use you. Jesus said they're thieves out there doesn't really define the thief. We could say that the thief on the extreme end is Satan, who's the enemy of your soul and wants to steal, kill, and destroy everything of God, including your life. But there's also lesser thieves that want to steal and take from you and use you for whatever they can get out of you. That's one contrast, the thief in verse 10, and then I am the good shepherd in verse 11. And then in verse 12, <clears throat> he said there's another person who deals with sheep. That's the hired hand. The hired hand's not a thief. He's not stealing sheep. But he's hired to take care of sheep, which is fine. But the difference is that when trouble comes along, the hired hand is out of there hired hand is out of there. If it comes to the life of the sheep or the life of the hired hand, he's gone. And, and who could blame him? I mean, if you're working someplace, you're know, working at a bank or someplace like that, and someone comes in to rob the bank, in fact, they'll tell you this, right? Give them the money. Give, you know, don't, don't go fighting over something that can be replaced. And that's the hired hand. You know, give it up. Think about it if we sometimes might think of it through the lens of maybe if there was a fire in your home, God forbid, and you're in the home, you're not going to, you leave your possessions. Leave all that stuff that can be replaced. Leave the photos, leave the possessions, leave that stuff behind. Get the people out. And so we might be tempted to think of the sheep and the shepherd in the same way. If the sheep are in danger, hey, leave the sheep, we'll make more sheep. And get out of there with your life. There's one shepherd in scripture that's talked about, David. And uh, David was a shepherd and became a king. And one of the things that qualified David to be a king, David's the one who wrote the 23rd Psalm that we're all often familiar with, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. One of the things that qualified David to be a king was how good of a shepherd he was. And David said, when the bear and the lion would come after his father's sheep, he fought off and killed the bear and the lion. 
Now that's a shepherd. Hired hand isn't doing that. Bear or lion, I'm out of here when there's a bear or a lion coming. And this is the distinction Jesus is making about the quality of the shepherd. He's not a thief that uses the sheep and he's not a hired hand that runs at the very notion of trouble. Verse 14, picking up where we left off, says this, I am the good shepherd. I know my own and my own know me. Just as the Father knows me and I know the Father and I lay down my life for the sheep. Read that again. I lay down my life for the sheep. And I have other sheep that are not of this fold. Now I must, I want to pause on that for a second. Because sometimes you might wonder what that means, what that is. That is you and me. Assuming you're not of pure Jewish descent. Because Jesus is talking to a Jewish audience in the first century where he's given these words. And then he says, I have other sheep that are not of this fold. He's saying, look, this message is coming through the Jewish people, but it's not only for the Jewish people. I've got other sheep. I've got other people that I'm calling to myself, and I'm calling their name as well. I've got other sheep who are not of this fold. I must bring them also, and they will listen to my voice. So there will be one flock, that's the church, one shepherd, that's Jesus Christ. For this reason, the Father loves me, because I lay down my life, that I may take it up again. No one takes it from me, but I lay it down of my own accord. I have authority to lay it down, and I have authority to take it up again. This charge I have received from my Father. The first reason to respond to the voice of Jesus is because of the quality of the shepherd. He lays down his life for the sheep. Lays down his life for the sheep. Celebrities you're following on Twitter or Instagram are laying down their life for you. Would Tom Brady die for you? Or Ellen? Or any of the Kardashians? The reason Jesus qualifies to be the leader of your life because he lays down his life for the sheep. It's not a thief that uses you for what he can get out of you. It's not a hired hand that leaves at the very notion of trouble. He's a shepherd that gives his life that the sheep under his care might have life. It's very different. It's very different than the way we look at following in our world, the way we look at leading in our world. And let's jump to that now for the second thing. The first thing is the quality of the shepherd, but the second aspect is the destination to which he's leading. This word following, I think we can sometimes use it and forget that there's a counterpart to it. If you are following, then someone is leading and you are being led someplace. So it only makes sense to ask the question, where are you being led to? Where are they leading me to? What's the destination? And you might follow some people and you know the destination. Maybe you follow uh, the guy that started P90X and you know, hey, the destination is ripped abs and that's where I'm going. 
Or maybe you follow Martha Stewart and you're thinking the destination is a nicer home. Or you follow Rachel Ray and it's easy, quick, and great meals. Sometimes you choose someone to follow and you think you know the destination. But there's other people we follow, maybe for more important things in life, what to think, what we value, what to believe, what to believe about life and death. And we need to ask, what's the destination they're leading us to? Where are they leading us? Because it's not only the quality of the person we're following that's important. You may have other people that love you enough to lay down their life in place of yours. And if you do, you're blessed. And you should be grateful for that. But not only did Jesus lay down his life in your place as a perfect sacrifice, which no one could do, he's also leading you to a destination that no one else can take you to. Pick up in John chapter 10, verse 27. My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. I give them eternal life, and they will never perish, and no one will snatch them out of my hand. My Father who has given them to me is greater than all, and no one is able to snatch them out of my Father's hand. I and the Father are one. What's the destination you're being led to? The destination you're going to? Because that's the next quality, that's the next aspect of why it's worth following Jesus. Not just because of the quality of the shepherd, but because of the destination he's leading you to. He is leading you to a desirable destination, which is eternal life. That's what he says. No one else you're following can offer you that. Jesus says, I'm leading these sheep, but I'm leading them somewhere worth going. And so following Jesus is following him to a destination that's worth going to. Might follow all kinds of people in this world. They might lead you somewhere, but they may not lead you somewhere worth going and in the end somewhere you desire to go. Are you following people that are leading you to a desirable destination? Jesus says, I'm the good shepherd because I lay down my life for the sheep. And then because I lead my sheep to the destination of eternal life. Life abundantly here as he comes in and you experience his presence and his goodness to you, but life after this life. There's no one else that can lead you there. No matter how fit your body gets, it's going to deteriorate. No matter how good you eat, your, no matter how trim and fit you keep yourself, it's not going to last forever. Your house is going to go out of date and out of style and need to be knocked down and replaced your job will someday be filled by someone else. The positions, the possessions, they're temporary. Jesus says, I lead my sheep to eternal life. And that's the difference. That's the difference of what Jesus offers as a good shepherd. You can follow some people that will lead you someplace good, but Jesus alone leads to eternal life. 
So finally this morning, are there people you're following leading you someplace you ultimately want to go? We live in a world where there's a lot of voices that are trying to get our attention. Most of us have one of these. Some of you have it in your pocket. Some of you are looking at it now that I'm... But in this little rectangle, how many voices are trying to gain your attention? How many voices are calling out to you right now? Listen to me. Pay attention to me. It's amazing, isn't it? You could be thinking about and occupied by all kinds of thoughts about important things. People in your lives or important thoughts about life. Then you just happen to look down. And all of a sudden, your brain that is more powerful than the world's most powerful supercomputer becomes completely occupied with what some celebrity had for lunch today. I, it, it's, it's amazing. And we get, we get, our attention gets focused on it and we forget, you know, we can lose track of the fact of what we're giving to people and what we're giving away. This isn't a sermon against social media. At least it wasn't intended to be. I'm on it too. But the point is this, it's a sermon, it's a message about paying attention to the voices we're following. Paying attention to the voices that we give voice to in our lives. And what's worth following? Are they worth listening to? And really more importantly, I would just say it this way. If Jesus is the most important voice in your life, then are you listening to him more than every other voice in your life? If, if Jesus really is the most important voice in your life and you would say, yes, he's God and all these songs we just sang and all these words we just affirmed, are you listening to him above and beyond all the other voices in your life? Because he's not a thief that comes to use you and he's not a hired hand that will abandon you. He's the good shepherd who loves you. But will you listen to him? Dallas Willard said this way, he said, the Lord is my shepherd is written on far more tombstones than it is lives. And I think that's true. A lot of people might affirm that psalm and that saying but it's a lot different to live our lives in light of it. So what place do you give the voice of Jesus in your life? Maybe you say, if you're a Christian here, that's my question for you. You're already following Jesus. My question for you is, what place do you give the words of Jesus in your day? Just look at it that way. There are a lot of voices you listen to. I'm just asking where in your day do you listen to the voice of Jesus? Where in your day do you give attention? And you say, well, I listen to Jesus all the time. That's fine, that's good, we should. He's always with us, we should be sensitive to the Spirit. But if I'm gonna give some undivided attention to someone's Instagram post, I can at least give some undivided attention to Jesus's words to me too. And so where do you do that? Where are you listening to him? Where are you finding time to do that? From his word that he's given you from his spirit that speaks to you in times of prayer and listening. Now, he can speak when other voices are speaking, that's for sure. 
but maybe we listen best when all the other voices are quiet and we're only listening to him. Uh, for me, just for an example of how to do this, for me lately, this is how it's been for me. God has had me, I just felt like the burden to read um, the Sermon on the Mount, which is Matthew chapter 5 through 7. It's the longest undivided teaching of Jesus in Scripture. Uh, the sermon he gave on the mount that Matthew records in chapters 5 through 7. So God's had me doing that, reading that every day for the month of July, actually a little bit before that, and just read through Matthew 5 through 7 every single day and then write it. I don't write the whole thing every day, but I write part of it every day. And, and journal about it and then think about it and pray about it and listen to what God would say to me through it. And it's amazing when you spend time just listening and thinking about the words of Jesus, how you see things and hear things that you may not have heard otherwise. And I'm not saying you have to do that. You probably don't need to do that. That's what God told me to do. It doesn't mean what you need to do right now. But I'm just saying, where are you making space in your life to hear the words of Jesus? Where do you take the time to do that? If you're a Christian, that's the question for you this morning. If you're not a Christian and you're here today, then I'd ask you to consider the offer that Jesus is making you. He's calling your name. Will you follow him? I think there's two reasons you should. Because of the quality of the leader and because of the destination he'll lead you to. So when someone asks you this week, why do you follow Jesus? Do you have an answer for that? Maybe someone in your workplace, maybe one of your friends would ask you real quick on the phone, hey, why do you follow Jesus? Would you fumble around? Well, you have a quick answer now. Why do you follow Jesus? Because he's the most qualified leader and he's leading me someplace I want to go. Why, do you follow, why follow Jesus? Because he's the most qualified one to lead and because he's leading me someplace I want to go. And so parents, you parents, when your kids are starting to follow people and follow other voices of this world and follow them maybe a little too closely, maybe you would invite them to examine the quality of the leader. Do they care about you? Do they know you? Are they qualified to speak into your life? What's the destination they're leading you to? Is it someplace good? Is it someplace desirable? Is it someplace of temporal or eternal benefit? And if not, maybe you need to ease up on the intensity of following them. And follow the one who laid down his life for you. And the one who's leading you to eternal life. He's the good shepherd. Would you pray with me? Father, we come before you this morning. Lord, and we confess that with our ears we listen to many different voices in our world. We have allowed many different voices into our hearts, Lord. And sometimes we've given them more weight than they deserve. Lord, I pray that you would help us this morning to better evaluate who it is we listen to and who it is we follow. God, in many ways we have 
cheapened and forgotten what this word follow actually means. And yet you have called to yourself followers. Teach us, Lord, how to follow you the way you have desired for us to follow you. Teach us to follow you with our whole heart, soul, mind, and strength. Teach us to weight properly the other voices in our world. Teach us to see them through the lens of the words of Christ to us and not the other way around. Lead us, Lord Jesus, to be a people who hear and follow the voice of our shepherd. That when you call our name, that we respond and we follow. Lord, I pray for those of us who call ourselves followers of you. Lord, would you give us ears better to hear as you speak and lead us, Lord, to respond as you call to us in different aspects of our lives. I pray for those in here this morning, Lord, that may not be followers of you. And if that's you this morning, and maybe you today want to take that step and follow this good shepherd. If that's you here this morning, and he has not made it difficult. He simply invites you in your own place, in your own words, to give your life over to him. To trust him. And yes, that's a lot to ask. It's not a small thing. He asks for it all. But only because he gave it all already. Because he gave his life for you. And because he can be trusted with your life to lead you here and to eternal life. And if that's you, I encourage you right where you're at in your space, God will hear you as you speak. To say, Lord, I want to follow you as my leader. I want you to be the shepherd of my life. I want you to lead me. I turn my life over to you. From this day forward, would you lead me and guide me in everything and in every way, God. Lord, I just pray for each and every person that's in here. Wherever we are with you, God, may we hear your voice and respond as you lead us. Lead us now even as we worship in Jesus' name.